0: Greetings, folks, and welcome to Gig Gab, the Working Musician's Podcast, episode 15 for Monday, May 18th, 2015. And here in (laughs) that was Paul Kent on the other end, you heard, but here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm David Hamilton. How are you doing, Paul?
1: Uh, I'm actually in San Francisco tonight doing a little bit of work. It's been a long day, but this is this is my little respite from the rest of the world is talking about music for a little while.
0: Yeah. So as you folks can hear Paul is not on his normal rig and and we didn't plan ahead enough to get Paul a uh decent mic for road podcasting, but we will for the next one uh because it's easy enough to do. Just didn't think about this till yesterday and I was in Disney World all weekend with my son's band and uh and so there we are.
1: So- what is, what is the famous John Lennon quote? Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. That's right. So I'm not sure how long this show will go today, but, uh, but that's okay. That's kind of how this will we'll go as long as it should go. And then that'll be the end of that uh, for this week. So uh, before we get into our, our topics, uh, but, but they're fun topics. We have the, uh, the benefits and pitfalls of having music stands on stage to talk about here, as well as the importance of asking for money and how to do that something both Paul and I have had a little bit of experience with. But before we get into that, uh, I played no gigs this weekend, but I, I watched my son's band play a gig, which I'll I'll tell you briefly about. Um, but uh, did you play any gigs this weekend, Paul?
1: I didn't. I had the weekend off. I went and saw a couple bands. It was like the beginning of the festival season out here. So I went and saw, walked a nice street fair, and there were some great bands playing. A buddy of, my's, uh, buddy of mine's band was out there. That went well? Yeah, he played, he played great. And, uh, you know, it was a beautiful day. Gets excited for the summer.
0: Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got your weather out there has got to be gorgeous at this point, right?
1: Actually, May is not as gorgeous as April was.
0: Okay. Okay. Weird. Yeah. Well, that's how weather goes, I suppose.
1: How about you? Is it, you? I don't even know. We haven't had the conversation. Do you have as many art and wine festivals and street fairs and concert series as we do out here?
0: Well, I think the, the wine festival thing, not as much that I think that's clearly a Northern California vibe, uh, sort of thing. Although I'm sure it happens elsewhere, but we don't, we have some of them certainly, but not, not to the, not at the frequency that, that you do, at least not, uh, based on your, your gig schedule. No. Uh, But we do have like the, the summer concert series that, you know, each town has their own little town green or, or whatever it is they've got. And, you know, a Wednesday night will be the thing in, in whatever town. And yeah, yeah, we do. We have those. We, we celebrate the fact that we get to go outside for part of the year. Yeah.
1: And do you, and most bands, especially cover bands out there, uh, do they agree that these are like better gigs than, uh, than club dates? I mean, you're probably playing for more people, Often for better money with better
0: hours, they can be. It depends on the town. Some towns do a good job at promoting their summer concert series, and it's a thing. And and yes, then there's lots of people on in, in decent money. And some towns do a horrible job at it, and you get like you know a couple hundred bucks, and and maybe you know forty people want to come and sit in their lawn chairs while their kids run around and might watch you while they're eating a sandwich.
1: You know, out here. They've grown and grown and grown and grown. Most towns have a con- civic concert series. Some of them are huge—two, three, four thousand people. Wow! Yeah, and yeah. In general, they pay at least as good as a club date, often way better. But then there's a couple of towns out here that have huge ones that are still freebies. Oh. And well, they get bands because you're playing for again two, three, four thousand people, but um, they don't—they don't kick in.
0: Huh. Huh. Well that 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 leads into our uh, our first conversation but uh but I'll, I'll tell you about the gig I saw this weekend cuz I'm a proud dad. Uh, my son's my son's jazz band his school's his school's jazz band is the largest jazz band I've ever seen. They they usually push about 100 kids. Uh this year it's small at I think 82 kids. And it really is more than a jazz band obviously. It it it's kind of a I they call it a studio orchestra. And um, and it, it's uh, it was a blast. The kids played for about a half hour down in uh, downtown Disney. They played a full, you know, their set for for a half hour and um, and people, you know, they were stopping people that were walking by and people were, were watching them. And the, the sound guy came up to me afterwards. I was actually standing by the soundboard. I usually do their sound here at home. So I introduced myself to the front of house guy and just said, hey, I'm here if you want me. I said, I'm going to stand here because it makes the band director more comfortable if he sees me here. Even if I don't say anything to you, you know, he knows I'm here. And, and I said, so I'm here for his benefit. But if you want me here for your benefit, I'm happy to. You know, I really was I always try to play the political angle and say, look, you know, I'm not here to tell you how to do your job. But if you want to know how but if you want to know how to do your job for this particular band, uh, I am happy to be that guy. And, and this band cuts from one song to the next without a stop. And so usually by the middle of the second tune, the front of house guy is always like, "All right, let me know, you, you know, whatever, whatever you know, let me know," because clearly I'm not going to have a time, have a moment to catch my breath. And it's like, yeah, pretty all much right. that's how it's going to go. But um, so I made good friends with the front of house guy, and when we got to the end of the, the thing, he said uh, he said two things to me. He's like, "You get to work with him, record these guys all the time." And I said, "Well, I don't record them often at all." And he said, "Well, shame on you for not doing that." <laughs> He's like, "This is the best." He says, "I see bands." middle especially middle school bands all day long. He said, This is the best band I've seen all season, let alone the best middle school band. So that was a that was a nice little moment. So you're a gushing proud dad. Yeah, they played really well. They did. Yeah. My daughter's band, she did this two years ago, same middle school kind of thing. Uh, and it was their worst gig of the year. They they still played well, but it wasn't, you know, they didn't have one of those moments whereas this band did. So that's good. You no,
1: know, a good conversation for the future is how many kids are getting into bands
0: in your area tons here are there yes
1: i don't see it quite as much here
0: yeah i think it's a product of what goes on in the schools obviously um being in you know being in a band and being a musician around here is seen as a a very uh, prestigious thing and we put on uh, my friend russ really kind of leads the effort but i help him out with it uh we've put on these teens rock events and and it's always, you know, really well attended and really well supported uh, every year. And then we, you know, we do other events and the, there's tons of kid bands. It's great. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So let's, we should just put that on the list of stuff to talk about yep. about our kids. And what are they playing? Are they still playing classic rock? Are they yeah. you know, playing and, the new stuff or whatever? No,
0: it's great. You go see them and they play Pink Floyd and Zeppelin and, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Because it's, those are good songs, right?
1: I always ask the question, in 20 years from now, what are the kids who grew up now gonna be playing. Pink Floyd
0: and Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's still there's some tunes that are being written now. Like um you know, I saw at Disney World, I saw a British experience band play. And these were seasoned guys. They played really well. Um they were tuned down a half step, which was kind of weird, but you know, whatever. Um and they, I guess that's just because that's where they can sing these tunes, but um but they were playing, you know, they were playing the older, you know, like the the Beatles and Pink Floyd and, and uh, the Who and then that kind of stuff. But then they also played like a blur tune and, you know, things like that. But it was, you know, British tunes because that was their their shtick was they were the, you know, the, the British experience in the in the England section or UK section or whatever they call it at Epcot. It sorry.
1: just seems like there's not that much from the 90s or the 2000s that, you know, stands the test of time that become the must place. I mean, you know, I love, I love Pearl jam, but there's not a lot of places to play Pearl jam, you know, Queens, right. You know, stone temple pilots, pick your, pick your bands from the last 30 years. Not a lot of them are, are in rotation in cover band in cover band uh, repertoires.
0: You know, you know I, in chafed, that is yeah. it, most of our repertoire is nineties stuff. I mean, it's, well, it's maybe half our rep repertoire is nineties stuff. And it's uh, it's tough because it's not stuff that's for me that sticks in my head. I mean, I know these tunes, but they're you know, they they all have every song. But but especially those songs in the 90s, there were a lot of cuts and stops and, you know, different little things that that happened. And um, and so because of that. I have to really brush up on these tunes and we don't play that often. Like I said, chafe plays, you know, once every three to six months. So before chafe kick, I got to go and like, Oh yeah, I got to learn the cuts <laughs> in these tunes. <laughs> or I look at the bass player and I'm like, Hey man, you know, you're walking me through this one. He's like, yeah, okay, gotcha. You know,
1: maybe we could ask our, our reader, our listeners, our listeners. send in your all nineties cover band playlist. Yeah. Or cover band song list.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah I can, I can I can bring one of those in too i'll uh, i'll do that one of these All times right. yeah yeah because there's some interesting tunes you know there's the bare naked ladies kind of stuff and uh, and and uh, third eye blind right I mean but that's I, what I'm
1: saying they're, those are good things and uh, they're novel when you play them i, I don't get much of a sense even the people when that was their time that music is that terribly important to them you know like like you know the stuff you and I mostly grew up on was life or death part of your growing up experience that when you hear it now it takes you back. I just never get the sense that a lot of that music from the nineties does the same thing for people.
0: I, I, I disagree. It, it depends. I mean, it's a younger crowd, right. Um, than then you or I, and you are, you and I have a, a little bit of gap in our ages, but, um, but I, you know, I, I went and saw, I was with a friend of mine and I, it was at South by Southwest years ago. And, I think it was Third Eye Blind we went to see and he really had that like throwback to to frat parties in college, you know, moment going on. And he mm. it was a really it was a really clearly a really important thing to him. He even said, though, he's like, these songs aren't really that good. But but, you know, I have this memory of them. And maybe that's the difference is, you know, there's the emotional response because of the time and all of that. And that's totally valid. I mean, that's what music does. Right. But when if you take those songs and play them for somebody now, will they stick? And some of them do. Like my daughter has gotten um, kind of hooked on like the Matchbox Twenty stuff. Um, you know, so there's some of those that that I yeah. think that'll, that'll stick around. Like a three AM from Bo- Matchbox Twenty. I think great that's, song.
1: I, I love yep. the song. Love the band. Yeah, not as much that is like the all time. You know, will last
0: forever and will last twenty years from now. Some of the Dave Matthews stuff might, might. Really? I don't know. You're right, though. I mean, it's very, it, 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 it it, it fits into its little shoebox, right, of the '90s. But you're playing a Weezer song now. You are, yeah. In uh, in the House Rockers. In the House Rockers. Yeah. I wonder how long that'll
1: last. (laughs) Well, you know, Simon, the other guitar player, he's. He's a little bit more up on, cause he's a guitar teacher and he's teaching kids. Yeah. And so he's um coming in with some of the songs that you know, he thinks works well. So we're playing a song called perfect situation, which is a cool ballad. Very fun.
0: We used to play that in fling. We,
1: yep. Really? Yeah. So, you know, and, and, Weezer is good at hooks. I mean, they really, yeah. yes. they get a whole perfect three and a half minute song, but of the five, six times we performed it, um, I think one time people were singing along with the hook. Right. The other time was like no one time was kind of like novel dancing. A couple of times was they didn't get it at all. So I don't know. I'll, I'll keep playing it through the summer and I'll let you know.
0: Yeah. I'm curious how that because I, I, you'll note that I said we used to play that in fling. Now, part of it is the guy who was singing that tune sort of m- matriculated out of the band. So um, so we didn't have, you know, we would have had to if we were going to keep playing it we would have had to reassign a vocalist, uh, which we did with some of his tunes. Like, you know, uh, the cures, uh, just like heaven, he would sing. And when he Mm -hmm. left the band, there was no question we were going to keep playing that song. And so I picked up the the vocals on it, but the Weezer tune. Yeah. You know, not so much. (laughs) We could pull it out, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm
1: I'm looking for uh, the meaning, the definition of matriculate here.
0: Ah, yeah, I'm sure I've misused the word, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> We're musicians, not English teachers.
0: That's right. Yeah. But you knew what I meant, so that's <laughs> I know, did. Yeah. This, that's all that really matters. Hey, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about the importance of of asking for money, especially in and, and you know, your your gig, especially that you mentioned the the, you know, uh, wine festival or town green, whatever it is, you know, summer concert series kind of gig. <laughs> Where somebody says, hey, yeah, you get to pay. You get to play for, you know, a thousand to five thousand people, whatever that number is. That's a lot of people. You do it for, you know, exposure. Yep.
1: So. Actually, so I've been the whole gamut of things when I was starting the band out and I wanted to get us out there. I would take and In fact, that one that I told you about that was three, four thousand people, but no pay. I took that a couple of years. And then after a while, I took it if they combined it with a paying gig. I and mean, then I punted on both of them because it wasn't it wasn't enough. But So I, I understand the whole process. And I've gotten a lot more sensitive over the years to the guys who are literally professional musicians. They make their living uh, teaching in the afternoons and then gigging at night. Yeah. I've become a lot more sensitive to the concept that if you are a musician, you are part of a fraternity uh, where making a life in the, in this field is not an easy thing and you need to respect it. And so I understand it now, and maybe I can understand it now a little bit better because we get money, but I think that the conversation is important. You, you, sh- you have to be part of the process of upholding the value of live music.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what it is. It's, it's, it. the question and, and I mean, there's a lot of ways to present this, and some of them are really funny. You know, people will say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll play it, you know, your your restaurant. It's great. You know, <laughs> I, I get exposure. I, I'd love to have you come to my house on, you know, on Tuesday night. I'm having a bunch of friends over. You'll get exposure to them and you can cook for them. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow you that opportunity. Right. You know, I mean, it, but but it does put it into perspective, because if someone is wanting a band to play as opposed to you just calling them up and saying, Hey, you've got this awesome event that's happening and you know, it'd be really cool if you had a band there too. Right. You know, but but that's not what's happening. You're not, you're not pitching them this idea that they should add a band to their event. It's all about the band. It's all about the band. So if the, were it not for the band playing, who would be there? Right. You know, what would the focal focal point of the event be? And it would be something different. I mean, we're not going to say that the event wouldn't happen, but it would be a different vibe. And if that's the case, you, well, you know, like the th- we're not talking about a ton of money here.
1: I'm going to make it even weirder for you. So this one town in my area that puts on this huge concert series and doesn't pay the bands, mm-hmm. they've taken sponsorship money.
0: What? See, that's just, that's they're just, making money. that's exploitation right there. It's not even like, Hey, work with us on this. We're not, you know, we're just a town. We don't, we don't have money. We don't charge our residents extra for this, even though they're paying tax dollars, right. You know, to rent the <laughs> place, but whatever, you know, I mean, you could, you could make, you could put up like a prima facie, you know, argument, but not when you've got sponsor dollars on the table. <laughs> huh? yeah so that
1: that one's a weird one so I've learned over time that you make more friends with other musicians if you are part of the this fraternity that that I call it of um live music is worth something and you have to do what you can do to uphold it yeah
0: live, yeah. live, music, live music is, worth, is something. worth something absolutely I'm getting it I'm, now I'm getting a weird echo from you there's something so, do you have a, are, are your headphones like- I'm getting a crackling. I think maybe your headphones are cutting in and out. Is that, is that, are you experiencing anything like that? Because the rest of us are, but I don't know, you know.
1: I'm getting the echo, but my headphones are fine.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we'll just, we'll do that. I
1: guess you try it just on the regular computer speakers.
0: Um, well, yeah. You know what? We're going to pause here, folks, for one split second. Okay. We're back. We realize that Paul's not on his computer speakers, he's on his, uh, his his headphones have a microphone and so now that Paul knows that well now now we're in good shape i suppose troubleshooting 101 yeah that's how it works we make it work um yeah so it, it's it's an interesting vibe when somebody asks you to play for free and i i i can't here's the thing about it and i think i've said this on on an earlier episode but i i actually don't have a problem playing for free if it's the right gig. And, and I, it, and I don't look at the exposure or anything about that part of it when evaluating whether or not to play a free gig. I look at how much fun am I going to have at this gig? Because um, for some gigs it is worth it. And, and, you know, in fling, nobody in that band does it just for the money. Uh, We all enjoy the money. Certainly but nobody in that band does it for the money in, in Chafed, Yes. Two of the guys in that band. That's a, a, I don't Well, at times the primary source of their income, but, but certainly a significant percentage of their income comes from music. So in that band, we're, we're a lot more sensitive to that, uh, that concept. But in fling, we will take a free gig every now and then if, but if, but not, if there's, not if it's ridiculous like you're talking about where there's you know sponsor dollars and we're just not going to share but if it's you know somebody's having a house party and it's a fun vibe and they're going to help us with equipment you know that's a big part of it you know do i have to go and set up a whole PA plus a backline you know to to go and play or is there one there that's going to work well for us and and so maybe this gets a little bit easier and and char- I take charity gigs off the table when, when, when having this discussion, because obviously me there's so. sometimes when it, a charity gig makes perfect sense to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but you know, these for profit kind of things. No, I don't do. And, but Dave, it's even a deeper
1: thing to me because it, it becomes apparent. The, the, oh, yeah. the, pro- the music, the industry of music is filled with the range of everything from total weekend warrior to total professional. Yes. And any club in any town, And one good thing about money is it can be the demarcation, the line between professional and semi-professional. It's one way to tell. That's right. So I think. Well, it is,
0: it is the official definition, right? You are considered a professional musician. If you have ever even just once uh, been paid to play music.
1: People are listening out there. I I would just encourage them to understand that uh, you're trying to, you're trying to provide a great service to people. You put a lot of time in rehearsing. You put a lot of time in practicing yourself. You buy your strings, you pay for your gas, all these things that are real costs in order to bring the service to market. If you've done the time to, to hone your skills you have to believe that there's value and you look at the proposition a lot differently. I know there's gonna be people out there who are like, you know, listen, I do it for fun. I get a kick out of playing for people. Why shouldn't I be able to do it? And I would say, you know, think about it. Are, are you are you willing to take money out of, the, out of the mouth of some guy who this is his livelihood? Yeah. He wakes up in the morning, he, he practices every day. He's been doing this
0: for his whole life. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you have to do something. That's totally true. Well, and and the next part of this conversation is how much to take, right? Mm. You know, because I've 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 played some gigs where I haven't done the booking and wind up with, oh yeah, we get paid for this. You know, we get a uh, hundred bucks total for the band, and we get you know free nachos or something. It's like, well, wait a minute, you know, that's not getting paid. Of, that's not getting paid. Well, that's right. Yeah, there is there is a a minimum level, and I found. That clubs that don't and again you know there's 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 the charity gigs and stuff that are off the table but but clubs that don't pay that minimum level, which around here is a hundred bucks a man, sometimes eighty you know depending on on the the situation, but pretty much anything below that, not only are you getting paid less than what what here is market rates you're not going to have a good experience because if a club isn't paying market rates, in my experience, they are not set up right to have bands. They don't attract the right type of people. They don't have the right setup. They don't have, you know, they are not invested in the concept of having live music at their venue. It's just something that they sort of accept they have to do. And
1: you brought up an interesting idea. They literally pay per man. So if you have a three piece band this four piece, five piece, If you have an eight piece band, they'll go up to that per man.
0: Um, no, they, they won't. Um, but it, it, well, it depends. Some, some clubs. Yes. Uh, you know, we make sure uh, when, we, you know, when we state our price, we make sure to state a minimum that works out to a hundred bucks a man. Mm. Um, and a lot of time, but a lot of times we'll, you know, we'll ask for more than that and, and get it. And that's fine. Uh, But that's our that's kind of our minimum. And when it you know, when push comes to shove, it's like, well, here's what we need to get. You know, there's five guys in the band. Everybody's got to walk out with a C note. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, And that that works. And I but I've had it with some clubs that that they'll say, hey, look, you know, uh, I can't pay you more than I know. I know that the going rate is 100 bucks a man, but uh, but you know, I can't pay you more than 400 bucks. So it's going to be 80 a man if you want to do the gig, but I'm, I'll am i throw in, you, you know, I'll cover your bar tab or I'll, I'll, I'll feed you dinner or, you know, whatever that, that kind of thing is. And that's where sometimes we'll take that, that, you know, slightly less pay. But when I was down in Austin, um, back in the, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, the going rate was 50 bucks a man. And that's just what it was down there.
1: Out here. I, I I've never been able to really sell that, you know. When I go in, and it's, but well, it's you got ten band. guys, yeah. Exactly. Well, and they say, look, it's your choice to have a band that big. Right? You go out. Will you go out as eight guys? Will you go out as seven guys? I say no. I always want people when they see my band to always get the same experience, the same, you know, the same arrangements, the same energy. Yeah. This is the way we go out. But clubs in particular, you know, they're like, well, that's your choice to have a band that big. You know, this is what I pay. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, and like, yeah. like I said, I mean, some clubs have their have their max. Yeah. Um, but I've had it with you know some clubs, especially when you get into the acoustic thing too. You know, they say, "Well, we pay for duos. If you want to bring a trio, that's your choice, right? You know, here's we pay two hundred bucks, and if you want to bring a trio in, well, you know, it's still two hundred bucks, and that's mm-hmm. you know that's the way that works. So I've I've dealt with both sides of that, but there there is that sort of accepted and commonly known you know baseline of of a hundred bucks a man is where where the conversation starts. But if you're a band that, that does well for a club and, and that sort of thing, well then, you know, there's, there's more money on the table. And certainly some of these other types of gigs, the, the, the baseline number is much higher anyway.
1: Yeah. A hundred bucks a man out here, especially for my size band, that's considered a good club night. Yeah. 80 average 50. eh. And again, I'm sympathetic that you got to pay your dues. I mean, my band, when we first started out, we did a year of Wednesday nights in like the best club around to get our name out there. I mean, we got paid, you know, it was still like a regular gig, but we, we didn't get paid much and we were not playing with that many people. And it was a Wednesday night. So it was kind of a weird thing. But I think the point of all this, Dave, is uh, it, that it's that principle, that the, the ethical principle that if you're a musician, you, you have to believe and you have to support the fact that you, you're providing service and that service is worth a, a certain amount of money. Just start yeah. there. And I'm not saying it has to be a thousand bucks. And I'm saying it has to be 200 bucks. Just start there. And you'll look at the process differently. And I'll say this. I would imagine there are, there are gigs out there. It may not seem like there's that many gigs wherever someone may live, but you actually, once you get in there and you start marketing a band and you have a good product, you'll it'll, it'll be amazed that the block parties and the private parties and the corporate events, I mean, there are gigs out there to be had if you're a band worth hiring. Yep. And so you, you have to weigh that concept of when you're paying your dues. I mean, I, I, I will say, I'll, I'll admit my band, I was late to it. I mean, I was really felt like I got to keep a band working to keep a band together. And, uh, and we got, you know, 50, 60, 70 gigs a year. And not all of them were gigs that we should have done. And the band you know, said, Hey, we paid our dues. We bring a crowd, we bring a great show we need to get at least a hundred bucks a man. And that's pretty much the minimum that we'll go out for now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. You set the baseline, you figure out what works. Yeah.
1: But there are gigs out there. I mean, you don't have to take the crap gigs just because it's a place to play.
0: No. And, and the most powerful, the most empowering moment you might feel mm-hmm. is that first gig that you turn down because solely because the money isn't there. It, you know, right. that that feeling of walking away from something because they weren't going to pay you what you know you are worth is empowering. Now, that's that's another aspect of being a professional. That's right. That's right. Yep. And it's hard, Insisting. though. It, I mean, it you know, especially uh, and we talk about this in the other podcast. I do the DBA podcast which we talk about small business stuff. And and as a musician, you are a small businessman, right? And, and one of the hardest things to do in any small, in any business of any size, but certainly a small business is to walk away from any paying job, even sure. if it's a crappy paying job. Right. And, uh, but it is the right move in, in some situations, perhaps many situations. It's like
1: firing a customer who's not paying you or not being good to you. How, how much, how desperate are you for business that you're willing to keep someone who's berating you or not or paying you late or all these types of things? Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. Yeah. You don't have to to work with people that you don't want to work with. That's Life's right. too short. Yeah, man, that's it. Music's too important. Yeah. 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 I've all, I've often said, you know, if somebody's not going to pay us well and it's not going to be a good experience, it's easier. You know, the stuff set up in my studio here, we can just come here and play. Yep. If, if all we want to do is play and chances are, if somebody's going to pay us, you know, a, a, a crummy wage for a gig, there's probably not going to be anybody in their club anyway. So we might as well just play here where it's easier. <laughs> we don't have to lug stuff. So And again, if
1: you, if a band takes care of business, does the marketing, you know, does the building their own mail list promotes their shows. And at the end of the day, you know, delivers the goods with a good show. You know, you, you're, you do not have to put up with that stuff.
0: Nope. You don't, you don't, And, 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 you know, we've had that conversation of, you know, do you bring your following to somebody else's gig, i.e. a club gig where they're just paying you or, you know, do you, you work on their following? And it can work out just fine to entertain the patrons of a given club uh, without doing any marketing at all. If, again, if you deliver a good product, Mm -hmm. but that's what you got to do. I don't, I don't think, uh, I I think, I think we're going to wrap this one here, Paul. We can, uh, we can, we can let the headphone microphone, uh, uh, rest.
1: All right. Well, I apologies if the, if the sound was so terrible to anybody, I'll be back in the studio next week and we'll get back on track with, uh, another good conversation.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. Very good. Hey, feedback at gig is the place to send email. If you've got those songs that belong on a 90 set list, or like Paul said, even better, put us put together an entire set uh, of, of nineties music. We'd love to hear that. Uh, we'd love to read it. I don't know if we'd love to hear it. That that remains to be seen, <laughs> but, uh, but we'd love to read it. So feedback at giggabpodcast.com and please do head into iTunes and leave us a review. We would, we would most definitely appreciate it. It helps promote the show. So if you're hearing the show and you have not yet jumped into iTunes to uh, leave us a review, it doesn't take very long and it really does help us and it helps you because the more listeners we have um, the, the bigger, the pool that we can, we can pull from in terms of concepts for, for future shows. And we're going to be bringing you some interviews and things like that. So we'll keep it fun.
1: And then one last thing is we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash gig
0: podcast. That'll do it. Awesome. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for, thanks, Dave. Th- thanks for making the time work, Paul. I appreciate it, man.
1: All right. We'll talk soon.